Today I have the distinct pleasure of talking to a man with whom I have many, many discussions about music and so many other things. The author of the book, The Creative Echo Chamber, Dr. Dennis Howard. This is a man who knows all the minutiae about popular music, Jamaican music. He's somebody who will be able to tell you, you know, you see, at Motown, you see the day when this particular artist was recording the song. The man who swept the floor was such and such, you know. <laughs> he is that kind of a person. And we're going to be talking the subject that he loves so much, music. So, Dennis, welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me, Clyde. Always a pleasure to talk to you, you know, Edgar. Now, there are so many things happening. Hmm. Some people could say this is the best of times and the worst of times for Jamaican music. You see so much sampling taking place yeah. with Drake, with Rihanna, yeah. and all these artists, and you see the influence of Jamaican music being so evident yeah. in pop culture. You also see the music in a lot of these commercials, Shaggy's Bombastic in Chase, yeah. and yeah. you see all of these things. Yeah. But yet there is a feeling that we are not doing as well as we should. Yeah. There is the feeling also that in a number of spaces we are being, if not um, rebuffed, there is consideration that maybe there, ne there needs to be some kind of retrenchment in terms of how Jamaican artists are showcased in mm -hmm. some territories. Yeah. Tell me, how you feel about the state of Jamaican music today and all that I've indicated in my preamble? I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I'm always hopeful. And the fact that we are hearing... Uh, samples and we're hearing the styles and the production styles and the idiomatic uh, language of, of, of Jamaican popular music being so dominant in popular music it has to uh, 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 work it has to be worth something and it has to be a, a really fulfilling kind of feeling to see that from this small city Kingston, that it is influential to the point that there's absolutely nowhere in the world that you will hear popular music and don't hear the influence of Jamaican music. That being said, though, uh, I think we are at a, a critical point that if we don't uh, really make, make use of the opportunities that, that are in front of us, we are going to be in a serious problem and we will probably never really survive or we will never recover. If it's, we miss, that, it's that critical. It's, if, if, we we miss, miss this if we miss this opportunity, yeah, because this there, opportunity. There, there have been a number of previous opportunities. Yeah. There was that spate of signing yeah. of Jamaican artists in the early 90s yeah. and they were all unceremoniously dumped yeah. by the major labels. But it, but it started long before that, Clyde. And people believe that this thing, when, when it happened in the 90s and the 2000s, that was the first time. Almost every artist that is a really brilliant person, or a brilliant artist, was signed at some point to some major record label. And it started with Lord Flea, the first yeah. mentor artist, when he was signed to Capital, while uh, RCA had... Uh, 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 
when you man? Lord, no man, no man. Uh, R.L. Oh, yes. When when R.L. Belafonte was on RCA, Capital had uh, Lord Lovely. Fee, and Electra had a guy called Lord Fudus, which was basically doing the same kind of, of, of Calypso, Calypso mentor kind of thing. So, and most people don't even remember Lord Fudus. And then coming down the line, RCA signed our great friend Ernie Ranglin. Nobody remember that. Yeah. Uh, Arista signed Native. Columbia signed Aswad. And also uh, the, the Congos. Ireland had a spate of, 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 of other people from. And then remember, remember the experiment with Virgin. Yes. When Virgin had frontline with Big Youth, Uroy, the Diamonds, all of these people. So signing is nothing new. The fact of the matter is. Every time a spate of signing happens, it takes us to one notch, but sometimes, unfortunately, we reverse. Because at, during those periods, the, the understanding of the music industry was very minimal. And because of that, a lot of people made a lot of mistakes, never understood what it took to take it themselves to the next level. And because of that, we see the failures and we see the few successes. The few successes are the ones who understood it, the Bob Marley's, the Spectrum with, with Shabarangs and Patra, the, 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 the Shaggy with, with, with Big Yard and, and Robert Livingston, and we see most recently Sean Paul with, with Jeremy Harding. Anybody who understands their position in the music business and, and move away from the hype and the excitement and the foolishness that is part of the music industry and concentrate on the music and the business aspect of it, most critically the business aspect of it, they are successful. But the, for every success, there are so many failures that it's amazing. However, the music is so dynamic and, and, and special that it, it survives all of this. Do you know one of the songs that uh, is the most sampled song from Jamaican music? is Stagalak 17, done by Ansel Collins on the Technique label. And there are many iterations of it. It started out uh, as an instrumental. Then Sister Nancy, among others, put a stamp on it with her song, Bam Bam, which was taken from where? Tootsie Bird, with his original Bam Bam song. Now, Bam Bam, up to recently, Kanye West sampled it. And before Kanye West, another artist sampled it. In f and before that, uh, there was a remix of Bam Bam with a guy out of England. I think it's a Jamaican guy out of England. Can't remember his name right now. But the fact of the matter is, that's, this song was recorded from 1972 or 73. I don't know, about 69. But, they, they, and, 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 and that's the thing I talk about, the creative echo chamber. Yes. The repetitive nature of our music and how it regenerates itself. Because we keep going constantly. back. Yes. We're going back. And refreshing. And refreshing. And, and a song that was recorded in the late 60s is still as relevant then as it is you now. You mean bam, like Bam Bam, which like was bam because Bam Bam, bam is a night. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right. You because that's, so, that's late 60s. Yeah, and so between the two songs, which one was 72, yes. which was Bam Bam. And Bam Bam was. And, and 69 six, six, with Stagala. Yes. Coming together. And then. How much iterations of that you have? You have Arlene, you have Soundboy Killing, the same rhythm same. that is crushing the place. Thievery uh, Corporation did a remix of it like about in the late 
in the mid 2000s. So this song, one song. You keep just keep going and going and going. But the fact of the matter is, these are opportunities for us in the music industry, and but we need to understand where we should be heading. Unfortunately, we are not heading in the way the way where we should be heading. There's no there's no consensus among music makers in Jamaica. There's no collaboration in terms of where we want to go. There's no connection with the, 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 the state apparatus, the entertainment apparatus, and the creation apparatus. And if we don't have that, it is going to be splintered and fragmented, and we're not going to you really get, get to understand and benefit from, from, from this new opportunity. You speak about the constant refreshment. Yeah of our music and people going back and picking up things from the past and giving them new life. Mm -hmm. uh, there has been recent discussions about copyright. Yeah. And one of the schools of thought is that the more restrictive types of copyright regimes mm. tend to retard innovation Jamaica has moved towards the extension of yeah. copyright on published songs. Yeah. Uh, my question to you is, how do you see this permissive copyright environment yeah. in Jamaica and its impact on innovation? It's unfortunate because, you see, everything is contextual and cultural. And the, 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 the Jamaican music grew and creativity and innovation was 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 at a high level. I call it hyper creativity because there was a lack of copyright enforcement or acknowledgement of copyright. That's the that's the fact. So the notion put forward by copyright uh, uh, com, expo, uh, what do you call them proponents, proponents mm -hmm. that copyright is necessary so that creative people will will create. And if they don't have the incentive of getting some benefit from it in terms of money, they are not going to create. That's, that's it's fallacious. It's foolishness. Our, our situation, throw that out of the water. Because in Jamaica, up to, up to now, and, and even more so, before 1993, so between the late 50s and 1993, copyright was never an issue. There was no enforcement. There was sharing. I call it, we, we operated in an open domain. We are sharing of lyrics and everybody, uh, to some extent. There, there, there would only be a problem if, if value is triggered. In terms of external, internal, external in, externally, thing. yes. And, and to be fair, some of the, the songwriters understood the copyright to the extent that they were members of PRS and also collected money. For, for that, from, from that, and made sure that their songs were registered. But at the, at the same breath, at the level of Jamaica, people were exchanging rhythms, people were exchanging uh, uh, lyrics, people in terms of some of the songs. If the truth be told, most of the songs by some of our top artists have like all 15 composers, but because of the nature of the, 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 the situation, people never had lyrics as any value. So Put that now into context where we have a new copywriting regime, where we are compliant with international uh, best practices, and because of trade issues and other issues, we have to be compliant. Uh, 
it has put a damper on the creative process in Jamaica because you can't uh, change a, a cultural norm in a f in, in, with, 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 with legislation. And so the cultural practice and the music making uh, modality is not uh, friendly to copyright. This is not to say that we, we mustn't adopt copyright, you know, and, and copyright is a good thing to some extent. Yes, because but when, but people when, who create should benefit from yeah, their, but when, their when, work. But when it becomes almost oppressive, yes, which sometimes uh, CMOs and, and, and people and, and, and even, even the... the so, which is the, the, the collect, collection, yeah. um, collective management organizations. organizations yes. yeah. What they do... Is, is they get and some of the, the, the owners of copyright they get very you know uh, aggressive yeah. Yeah. in terms of you know extracting everything from their, their, their yeah and, 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 you, and you, you see you see you see big copyright owners yeah. and people who control copyright like Disney yeah getting extensions I mean indefinitely uh, continuously okay and so Disney. I'd, I'd cause the, the, the Sonny Bono extension, copyright extension, to, to, to happen in the 1990s because the Mickey Mouse uh, trademark and, and copyright was, was running out. Right. And so they got it extended. And so America moved from 50 years after the death of the owner to 70. Now, we have done... We have gone better. Be, well, if, I don't know if well, it's better. <laughs> well. Because it puts us as, a, as an advantage. I don't think we thought out the, the situation uh, uh, correctly. Because we will be paying out to artists. 25 from, from, years after. Because after, moved, the, after their rights have expired abroad. Yeah, because... And I mean, we're talking about foreign artists yeah. too. So we moved ours from 50, not to 70, like, oh... Uh, the United States and the EU. So you need an um, harmonization. We, we should... move it to 95. Yes. So when Michael Jackson's song is in the public domain in, in America, America and the US after, after 50, 50 years, years after, after, yes, his after death, his death, yes. We will still have to be paying to Michael Jackson's Jackson estate. estate for another 25 years. That don't make any sense, especially when we are net importers of copyrighted material because we still play more overseas material than local material. You have stations in Jamaica that don't play no local music at all. You understand? And most of the stations apart from IRFM and, and probably another one, uh, uh, it's all of them have a ratio of about 80 to 20% in favor of American music. So right now, JCAP is paying out more money to overseas copyright agencies than they are collecting get, get and paying out to local, local members. members. That's, that's crazy. Recently, the culture minister in Barbados, Stephen mm. Lashley, stated that his country needed to take a serious look at Jamaican music, dancehall, because he figured that it was having a harmful effect on the Barbadian society. Do you think that our artists have been playing into the hands of those persons who have other motives mm -hmm. for wanting to exclude our music? 
I don't think so. You see, we have to understand creativity, you know, and, and, and what motivates creativity and what... Then also there is creativity and commerce because uh, a lot of the artists who do particular songs, maybe creatively, they are inclined to do something else, but that don't sell. So there's the issue of what, is, what will sell, what will gain popularity, and also your creativity. So when people, uh, artists are motivated by these concerns, and so they never, they don't do or create music with the intent to be uh, misogynistic or homophobic or what have you. It's a demand kind of issue is what sells. It what will get the forward, as we usually say. And so I don't, I wouldn't blame the artist for playing into to, to, to the hands of these people. The problems, the, the problem that, we, that these people have with the music is, is beyond the content and the influence that it has on, on, on their population. You think that it might be nationalistic and protectionist? Pr absolutely. And it's a reaction to the basically dominance of Jamaican popular music in the Caribbean. And it's even extended to places like Florida. It's extended to places like, like, like Cuba, Puerto Rico, all of these places now. It's going down all the way to Central America. Right now, Jamaican popular music in terms of this, this area, the, North, the, 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 the eastern, eastern seaboard coming all the way down to, 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 to Colombia, there is a dominant feature, Jamaican popular music. And people are reacting to that. And so they're scapegoating the music because every music has different, every genre has different type of, of expression. Hip-hop is misogynistic. It is violent. Uh, so too is rock. So too, maybe to some extent, even soca, because rather soca have that kind of element of fire and bond them and what have you. You understand? So I, 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 I think it is, it is a reaction to, the, to, to Jamaica being so, so, so dominant in the region and people don't like it. Okay, um, do you see perhaps that this perhaps fits into a larger narrative because there is definitely an increased tendency towards nativism, nationalism worldwide. I mean, you look at the, the American uh, election campaign right yeah. now and the yeah. rise of Trump. Yeah. And you see in Europe what is happening with Le Pen and, yeah. and all of these places where you see people who are conservative yeah. and who are nationalistic yeah. in their outlook are... It's really the effect, it is the effect of globalization and even within these societies, it is the, the widening of the gap between the rich and the poor. One percent of the, of, of the American population own all of the wealth. Combine with the rest, uh, the rest of the ninety-nine percent, and it, this could be said in most, in most, in most mm -hmm. European countries, all over the world. So, so you say that's a that's a backlash against globalization because Absolutely. people people see themselves being homogenized, yes. and they want to make themselves distinct because they need to have their own identities. And the, and, and and then with the backdrop of of of, of the institutional racist tendencies in a lot of these European and American societies. And so the majority white is looking at it and saying, hey, Jesus, what is happening to Where is our culture? What is our culture? What is our pop culture? Because there's no such thing as white pop culture. 
everything basically comes from the the, 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 the minority population in America yes. and Europe. Because Culture most of the creativity from, yeah. comes from the margins. Absolutely. And so they are adopting and appropriating these cultures. And, and so they're saying, listen, man, we, we are a dying breed. What would you make of the charges of misappropriation of our cultural value uh, when you have these artists from overseas you now performing our music form and you see ska, yeah. for example, is something that is not even attributed to Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah, it's it's a it's a problem because there is there is appropriation and there is assimilation. Some we used to because let's not get crazy here. We used to imitate American uh, music. We used to imitate the dress. We used to imitate the moves. One love is from people get ready. Thank you. And 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 the whalers. When you look at the album. It's a, it's, a, it's a replica of the impressions. Yes. In, in style, in outfit, and everything, and in harmonies and what have you, and even the lyrical content. Because before the whalers got that, that started with one love, most of their songs, most of their songs were love songs, doo-wop songs. People don't remember that. Yes. You know? Right. I heard to be alone. And yes. Oh, what a love, lonesome feeling, and teenager in love, diamond baby. All of these songs were were were, were along that uh, along that line. Yeah. So let's not get it twisted. We adopted a lot of what took place in America, and we, we there was them there was the Jamaican Engelbert Umpedick, there was the Jamaican Tom Jones. So it was not only just it's not a one black way flow. music. It wasn't just black music we were imitating and assimilating. We were also uh, assimilating British white pop because a lot of covers, uh, we did a lot of covers of Beatles songs. Beatles song. The appropriation problem is when people take your culture, take your music, and, and don't give you any credit. it economically and don't give you any uh, uh, attribution or credit for 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 your your creation and this might be the and case this might be the case for ska and also hip hop absolutely you know so that is the problem and i believe that we have to make sure that we have a narrative to tell the world where 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 the music is coming from and, and who created it. Because and I we're going to have to use some of their platforms to do that too. Because what, what the record industry does, you know, the, the, the Anglo-American record industry, the global record industry, they have a way of deterritorializing artists. Meaning, they, they, they take them out of the, their roots, where they're coming from, and they make them... Uh, commodify them. Commodified global artists without any roots. And so they, if we see it with Bob Marley... So when, they decontextualize when, them and... We see that with Bob Marley when they did the project uh, where they hip-hop some of the songs and had people like Buster Rhymes and Lauren Hill and all of these people uh, to appease the, the urban market. And so the reggae element was, 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 was not there. The, 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 the documentary, I think, is one of the first attempt, massive attempt, that, that Marley uh, documentary was one of the major attempts to deterritorialize Mali. 
They wanted Mali to be a global this figure, not, global icon. not associated with Jamaica. Yes. And we can't afford that because that is cultural appropriation and we can't stand for that. Reggae is, uh, is people love to talk and talk about with their teeth in reggae. Teeth in reggae? Reggae is owned by the world right now because we taught them reggae and we introduced them to reggae. You can't stop a man from playing reggae, so we're going to teeth it. What we need to do is to control some of the economic benefits that and comes from, 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 from the genre. And we need to organize and we need to strategize and to be connected with a global flow, with a global distribution, with a global fan base. And stop being just primary producers. Absolutely. Dennis Howard, thank you so much. It's a great pleasure as always talking with you about thanks, music. Thanks. I have the greatest pleasure talking to a man on tape that I normally speak to in private about so many different things. And this is a man who knows the music industry inside out. If you talk to him about liner notes, he can tell you who wrote the liner notes for this album or that one. If you ask him about a particular recording at Motown, or any other important studio in the world, whether it be London or New York or Philadelphia, Gamblin Hoff and those yeah. boys, he will mm -hmm. tell you who was the person who was carrying the tea into the room that mm -hmm. day. He is that kind of a person. It's a great honor to welcome to the grill my great friend, Dennis Howard. Dennis, welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me, Clyde. Always a pleasure to talk to you, you know. Yeah, Dennis, the thing is, this could be described as the best of times mm -hmm. or the worst of times for Jamaican music because we see so much sampling of Jamaican music with Drake, with Rihanna, Kanye West, Kanye West and yeah. all of these people yeah. are paying attention to our music. Yet we're seeing significant resistance yeah. in a number of quarters to our music. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are contending that they would like to adopt measures to keep our music outside of their shores. Yeah. How do you reconcile these two conflicting impulses? So it's the best of time in the sense that Jamaican music has been validated for its creative integrity. And that is why you see people sampling it and paying respect and paying homage to it. As long as we are being uh, compensated for it, where we don't have a problem because we don't have we don't want appropriation and and then there's no attribution or any pecuniary benefits to 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 the owners of this great music and then it's the worst of times because we see unfortunately in a time when the music is not so misogynistic it's not so homophobic and it's not so violent we see a backlash and i attribute that backlash to people just being uh, resistant to the notion of the music being so powerful and dominant, especially in the Caribbean and, and North America, especially along the Eastern Seaboard and in Canada and, and, and other places in South America and Central America. And people are getting nationalistic and saying, no, this music is too powerful. Yes, it has a negative aspect, just like any other pop music. But I don't think that's the, 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 the foundation or the, 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 the motivation. I think more the motivation is the fact that 
our music is getting so so strong. it's a nationalistic impulses it's impulses that that that's that's creating that re reaction the best of times can become the worst of times if we do not exploit this new fund uh you know Appeal. adaptation and appreciation of the music. I predicted it a long time ago. I said, dancehall music will never be covered. It will be sampled. And, 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 and that's what is happening. Now, what is happening is the sampling and the, and the adaptation of our, our idi idi idioms and, and, and vernacular in terms of our music styles. It, is, it presents an opportunity for us now to have a new wave of creativity and new music uh, that that will be accepted by by the world because get what guess what you have people like Kanye West Rihanna uh, Justin Bieber uh, train uh, what root what, what, what that group name again? magic magic all of these groups and I don't talk about the the, the, the reggae groups like re reggae, reggae revolution okay, and all, all right, of these good, good. Stand. So, I want to thank Dr. Dennis Howard, my good friend, for this lively conversation on the state of music. And it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thanks, thanks for having me. It was such a great pleasure talking with my friend, Dr. Dennis Howard, about his passion, music. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Clyde. Always a pleasure. Okay. Okay.